Mogu Motivation, educating and empowering entrepreneurs one week at a time. Presented by True Stories Media. And I am your host, Antoine Twiz Taylor. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Mogul Motivation. I'm happy that you are here. If this is your first time listening, this podcast is for the aspiring entrepreneur who is trying to get over that hump. This podcast is for anybody who has a dream and wants to aspire higher and elevate to success. I am happy this week to be sitting down for the Monday conversation with Quentin Cole. He is the co-founder of the Vice District Brewery in Chicago, Illinois. It's the only black-owned brewery in the entire state of Illinois. Quentin, how are you doing today? I'm doing very well, Antoine. How about yourself? I'm doing great. Thank you for sitting down with us this week. Um, Quinn, let's get right into it. At what point did you decide to become an entrepreneur? Um, I would say I hit the bug very early on just from, you know, watching my, my grandfather. He was a gentleman who always had, um, um, he had a, I would call it a side hustle. Uh-huh. Uh, he did concrete work. And so all his life, he would always take on additional jobs. And he had his own little sort of cold concrete um, company. So, you know, I felt like it was imperative at some point that, you know, I had my opportunity to, you know, um, have my own business. So basically you um, you had to create your own source of income. You had that drive to do that. Well, you know, I, I always feel like at some point in time you never have your eggs in one basket. Um, you know, my very first job that I had coming out of college um, as a physical therapist I, I was handed a pink slip. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we were all doing our jobs and we were all doing a great job. And the company had just decided <laughs> um, one day that they were going to fold. And, you know, that's a very unfortunate position to be in, to not, you know, have any control over your own, you know, financial, um, you know, freedom. So absolutely, um, being able to, you know, have something else to, uh, to rely on, I think is very important um, in every situation. But, yeah, having the ability to control your own financial um, status is is one of the main reasons why I really want to go into having my own business. Perfect. So you have a partner. Um, so is you and your partner. At what point did you guys meet, and what made you to decide to open up a brewery of all things? Not a lounge, not a club, but a brewery. What you know? Tell us about that. So um, Curtis and I, uh, my business partner, we met um, a few years back in the snowstorm. Actually, we. We um, happened to live on the same street. Mm-hmm. Um, at the time, he was living on the street, and I was remodeling a home, getting ready to move onto the block. And it was the snow beginning of, like, I think 2011 or 2010. Yeah, when the um, drive was piled up. Yeah, it was like, you know, 20 inches of snow, and then the city, the city was on lockdown. And I happened to go um, check on their home, and I ended up getting um, stuck on the block. And yeah. a bunch of neighbors tried to come... Um, dig me out and Curtis was one of those individuals and we happened to meet and realized that, you know, we owned a home across one another. Um, you know, shortly thereafter, when I finally moved into the home, um, I realized that he actually liked um, craft beer and I had affinity for craft beer. And we went from drinking craft beer to um, dabbling into um, home brewing. Okay. And the home brewing turned into an obsession. You know, we, um, from a hobby to an obsession, it, it really got out of control. But what we were doing were we were having our own kind of like little speakeasy in our basements. Um, mm-hmm. he, he had a setup where he had a kegerator. He had four beers on tap. I had three beers on tap in my refrigerator in the basement. And we were just sharing recipes and we would have a lot of just friendly discussions. Friends would come by. 
Um, and it became this whole kind of like just um, informal, but, you know, um, almost like a little just go-to place. Yeah. And the idea of the brewery kind of really just spun off because we were visiting a lot of breweries and what we were noticing that in this culture, this whole craft culture, there was a lot of conversation that was taking place. Um, that created, you know, an affinity for us to say, you know what, let's not do a club. We're going to do something. That's just something that mimics what we have in our basement. People just coming by, relaxing, having a good time. We were either watching sports or listening to music. But there was always conversation, and, and really beer was a medium that was bringing people together. Mm-hmm. Um, so what you see in Vice District, it was pretty much a recreation of what we were having in our basements. Um, you know, just a come as yourself, come as you are. And it's really all about the dialogue. It's about the, the casual conversation. Wow. So basically the hobby became the business. You know, you guys had the passion for beer. You made it because you like beer, not because you want to make money off of it. But then eventually it evolved into something bigger and something more. Yeah, it, it, you're hitting it right on the head. You know, it's it's so much easier, I think, to turn um, or be successful in a business if it's something that you're truly passionate about. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, neither of us went into this this venture with the idea that, hey, we're going to become super rich um, and it's going to just bring us both loads of money. That wasn't our dream, and we really wanted something that was going to be small and very manageable. Mm-hmm. We wanted a place where, you know, we could go and have a good time. There were no breweries south of, really, Madison when we started our business plan. Um, And this was back in late 2012. Okay. Um, We had to drive way up to, you know, Urban Park um, to go to the breweries that was located at Baker. You know, Revolution was off of Milwaukee. But we were Southsiders, you know. uh, At that point in time, you know, um, ride shares didn't exist. So there's no Uber. There's no Lyft. Yeah. Taxis didn't really want to take you that far. Um, they definitely didn't want to come back to the south side. We were trying to catch something up that way. Mm-hmm. So, you know, while we enjoyed that culture and enjoyed going to visit these breweries, you know, it's it's a long drive coming back after you've been drinking and come back. And so we, felt, we figured that's do something on the south side um, and that's bring this, this same type of culture um, to people who don't want to venture that far north. And, um, and the South Loop kind of was really like our, our, our kind of happy medium. You know, we, we mm-hmm. really wanted something that was going to um, be successful. And at that time, you know, craft beer wasn't as popular, you know, in the, um, in the, in the black community, just to be honest with you. Um, it was, there were people who were dabbling in it, but it really hadn't taken off like it, like it was more mainstream. So we really wanted to be able to introduce, you know, this type of, this vibe and this whole, you know, um, the brewery feel um, to the south side. Absolutely. And I noticed that you guys are BYOF, bring your own food. Why was that? Why is that? Well, um, for many reasons, but the, the most particular one, you know, we just tried to stay in our own lane. Mm-hmm. Um, we were pretty adept at making beer, um, but running a business, you know, it, it requires a lot of time and a lot of attention. Running a restaurant, you know, you're having food, now you're, you're dealing with about, Whole other you know, piece. all the different um, uh, variables of, of really running a restaurant. Mm-hmm. And that was just a lot more that we really want to chew on. Um, quite honestly, we, we still are maintaining our, you know, our, our full-time jobs. You know, part of the requirement for getting our business loan was that, you know, we fully guaranteed the loan. Uh, we had a great business plan. 
Um, we had a great product. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a great location. But the reality was the, the, the lending institutions looked at us and said, neither of you have any background in brewing. Um, Curtis is an attorney. I'm a physical therapist. And while we were very successful in our own professional careers, this was a new venture. And so one of the things that, you know, anyone who wants to become an entrepreneur, especially when you're taking on money, you know, there are some, <laughs> there are some sometimes stipulations that you need to abide to, mm-hmm. um, to be able to obtain those funds. And one of those stipulations is that we keep our full-time jobs in order to turn our, you know, our, our, our passion into a reality. Yeah. Uh, so with that being said, us not really wanting to have the the burden of running a bit of a restaurant on top of you know having a brewery, we decided to just really be a bring your own food type of venue. Um, there are sixty three restaurants um, within a mile radius that will deliver to Vice District. Oh wow! And so you know that gives people a, a, a nice variety of, of meals to choose from, of food options versus you know coming to our place. I mean, our place and then having, you know, um, one or two options to choose from. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's an excellent uh, that's an excellent method, actually. When you have 63 restaurants that are deliver, it's no need for me to cook for you. <laughs> you know, you can bring yeah, your own food. Absolutely. You know? absolutely. And, you know, and it's just really, you know, about kind of realizing what you are good at and, and, and not trying to really force the issue. You know, we want really the people to come in and to to um, to enjoy the beer. And, and pair the beer with whatever food that they have, mm-hmm. um, you know, decided to bring in or to order. Got you. So let's let's talk about beer for a minute. How do you make beer? Like, how does this even work? So, you know, beer is actually made from four natural ingredients. Um, one is grain or barley. Um, mm-hmm. The second would be, um, you know, um, hops. Okay. And that's used to actually bitter the beer. Um, you have water, which is the most essential component of um, of beer, and then um, yeast. And yeast is um, the final ingredient. It's what actually you know turns the beer um, into alcohol. Um, you know, to make beer, you take the grain and you. We do a process what's called steeping, and essentially letting the grains um, soak at a desired temperature to bring all of the proteins and the sugars out of the grain. So it's like the essential of like making like tea. Okay. The different the different types of grains um, will impart either you know um, dark color um, beer or lighter color beer depending upon the style of grains that you you choose to use, and then after you steep that beer, um, it looks kind of like sweet tea. To be honest with you, um, and depending upon you know like I say the the different styles of grains, it could be either darker or it could be lighter, but it tastes like sweet tea for the most part. It's a very sugary substance. Mm-hmm. And then we boil that. And we boil that um, for about an hour, maybe um, up to 90 minutes. And that process is to actually sterilize everything. You know, once you boil it, you're, you're boiling out all the impurities, um, any type of um, bacteria that would have been in anything. It's just pretty much making it sterile. And during the boiling process is when you add the hops um, hops is a natural bittering flower, um, and it, it takes all of the sweetness out and it gives beer its, more or less its flavors. Mm-hmm. Um, depending upon when you add the hops, um, different styles of beer require different hops additions, um, or the timing of the hops additions. But after we finish boiling the beer and adding the hops, it's, um, ready for the yeast. So you add the yeast. And the yeast does all the work. Um, the yeast converts the sugars 
it eats the sugars and it converts it and it ends up producing um, CO2 or carbon dioxide and alcohol. That process takes anywhere between two to three weeks um, as the beer is what we call fermenting. Um, And after that time, um, you know, the two or three weeks, the beer is ready to be consumed. Um, We chill the beer down to, you know, um, you know, 38, 39 degrees. And that drops all of the yeast out of the, um, the beer. Um, so the beer comes out to be like, you know, more clear in its presentation. Yeah. Our beers are not, um, are not filtered. So everything is, you know, um, it's, it's, it's pretty much, um, pure as you can get it. You know, it's a very unfiltered beer. So there's still some yeast suspension in the beer. You can kind of look at most of these, um, craft beers and you'll see some haziness in it. That's because there's yeast suspended in it. Mm-hmm. But, um, we'll chill the beer down and we'll carbonate it a little bit more to give it just more of a flavor profile and the beer's ready to serve. Um, it takes about a month once you brew the beer for okay. the beer to be ready to, to drink. Okay. So, so a month process roughly for the entire thing. Yeah. A, a brew day probably takes us around 10 to 12 hours, um, to actually, um, to brew the beer. And it's in a tank for the next three and a half weeks, to be honest with you. Um, just converting yourself into alcohol. Wow, that's that's interesting. What what about the history of beer? Isn't it like a um like a an African god that has something to do with beer or something like that? Yeah, so I mean beer's been around for I mean, the longest amount of time. You have to understand that, you know, water used to be very unsafe to drink. Um, and still is in many parts of the world, finding clean drinking water. Yeah. So, you know, they would use alcohol, um, whether it was wine or ale, um, you know, as a way to to drink uh, water that, you know, the alcohol will kill any type of bacteria or viruses or things that um, that will reside in water. Mm-hmm. Um, Nikasi is actually the African um, goddess of beer. And so, mm-hmm. you know, you're betracing these roots back to, um, to very early times. And it was actually the women who would make the beer. Um, so your early brewers are, you know... Um, were women. They were the ones who would, who would, you know, uh, who would prepare the meals, and they would make they, they would make the ales, and that's still prevalent in a lot of, um, you know, um, cultures, um, especially indigenous cultures, where um, the women are actually the ones that, that make the beer. Mm. Wow, that's food for thought right there. Um, so every beer at Vice District is your guys' own recipe, correct? Yes. So every. Um, Beer that you would taste uh, that's ours. Now we do serve a few guest taps, okay. Um, but um, every beer that is ours is our own original recipe. Um, and, and beer styles are very prevalent, um, which means that you know you could take um, an IPA, India Pale Ale, is a particular style of beer, and everyone can make their own IPA. It's just like you know making like a pound cake. You can add your own different style or different. Um, uh, you know, specific things to it to make it taste a certain way, uh-huh. but it's your own unique recipe um, at that point in time. So all of our beers are would taste something that either we um, had perfected during our homebrewing days um, or something that we're still experimenting with now. You know, having a tasting room allows us the ability to play around with beers, um, to make new flavors, make new styles. Um, we have what we call it a kitchen sink series. 
um, advice district. And what we'll do is we'll take some of the leftover ingredients from previous brews and then we'll just throw them all together and make up a beer. Mm, and it always rotates. So, you know, we call it the kitchen sink series. And it's just pretty much a way for us to keep from just having a lot of waste and throwing things away. Um, so it's just, it's like the same thing you would do at your refrigerator. You look and say, well, one ingredient I have left over. Yeah. And I'll make a meal real quick with all these leftovers. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's our kitchen sink series beer. Um, um, but yeah, everything that you, you would taste advice is one of our own recipes. What are your most popular beers at uh, Vice District? Um, right now, uh, actually the most popular beer is the uh, Pleasure Trip. It's a blind ale. It's what we call pretty much our gateway beer. It's a very light in presentation and very easy to drink. Um, when people come in and they ask us, hey, you know, I'm not really a craft beer person or I'm just getting into beer, what's something that you recommend? Um, we always recommend the Pleasure Trip and it's it's consistently has been our, our best-selling beer since we've opened up. Um, we have a black IPA that's very popular. It's called Habitual. Um, and then we also, you know, IPAs or India Pale Ales tend to be the most popular styles still in beer. Um, right now, I think our IPA is Initiation. Um, and I, then that's I love the Initiation. On for the season, and we'll be bringing on um, what's called Bad Intentions. It's another style of IPA. So we rotate our IPAs um, pretty much every season. Um, so we have a fall IPA, we have a summer IPA, we have a spring IPA. Mm-hmm. Uh, just to keep things fresh on the, um, on the rotation list. Interesting. And I'm glad that you mentioned the initiation. That's actually my favorite beer um, at Vice District. What's your favorite beer that you make? Um, you know, my favorite, I think, is the Everly. Everly is a English pale ale. Um, the style is actually called the um, Extra Special Bitter. It's not bitter at all. It's just a style name, but it's a, um, it has a, a very unique um, flavor profile where it's not very bitter at all. Um, you can taste a lot of these. Um, it's an English style. Also, you we use UK um, or United Kingdom grain and um, and hops, and it just has a, a really balanced um, um, flavor profile. You get notes of. Um, of bread and um, like toasted grains uh-huh. that um, it just it goes well with a lot of different food um, types to me and it's 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 something that I can just pretty much drink at all the time. Perfect, perfect. So let's talk about the name of Vice District and the name that the interesting names that you guys name your beers: uh, Initiation, Bad Intentions, you know, things like that. Tell us about the meaning between behind Vice District and your beers. Yeah, so the name actually, Vice District, um, originated because our location right now in the South Loop, we were doing some research um, as we were trying to figure out where we wanted to have the, um, the brewery. And once we settled on the South Loop, you know, trying to come up with the name, we started doing more research about the South Loop. And we found out that at the turn of the century, it was actually uh, one of the, the city's red light districts. Um, wow. What is it? What the vice districts? Essentially, the city had several vice districts. Chinatown was a vice district. Um, what is now the South Loop was called the Levy Vice District. Um, what's currently in the Pilsen area was called the Cheyenne Vice District. Mm-hmm. So there was pretty much designated red light districts. And this was when this is pretty much after the Great Fire, and we had a lot of workers coming to town to rebuild the city. Um, so this, you know, the elect officials didn't want to have saloons and bars and 
traditional neighborhoods. So they just had these entertainment districts. Um, and so once we realized that history and realized how much the South Loop has turned over over the years, um, right now it's one of the fastest growing neighborhoods in the, in the city. I think the 2020 census, it was the fastest growing neighborhood. It grew over 75%. So you have this brand new neighborhoods, pretty much really gentrified, and it's all now high-rise condos um, and um, and apartments. Um, people really didn't know the history of the neighborhood. So once we did the research and realized that, hey, this was an entertainment district, um, it was the Vice District, we played off of that name. And all of our beer names, for the most part, have something to associate with either, you know, a vice yeah. or some type of, you know, um, habit. So... Um, Everly is actually named after a famous brothel, the Everly Sisters. Um, if you were to Google the Everly Sisters, it would bring up, you know, two sisters who were, um, you know, um, from Oklahoma, but they settled in Chicago and they had a high-end brothel um, that was located off of 21st and Dearborn. Um, you, you know, you go back into the history of Chicago and especially during, you know, Prohibition, and how, you know, Capone had hideouts on the south side yeah. and within the South Loop. Um, the Blue Star Hotel, which was um, located off of 20, um, it's actually State and I want to say Cullerton, um, it's the old famous um, Blue Star Hotel, was one of his hideouts. So, you know, it just had a, a very deep history, the South Loop, with how alcohol and entertainment played into um, the south side and the city of Chicago as a whole. And so we kind of just played off of that name. Uh, we used the badge because, you know, that area was so was so troublesome that yeah. they actually came up with the vice commission um, because regular police were on the take, judges were on the take, like the officials on the take, and they needed to come up with a special police or a task force, you know, to really break that area up. Wow. Um, that that whole Levy Vice District thrived until really 19, 1910, and the city formed the vice commission to kind of just shut that area down. So it's, you know, I love the fact that you guys are subliminally uh, giving a lot of Chicago history in your business. You know, your business name, your business product names, you know, it's, it's Chicago history all around what you guys are doing with your business. I love that. Yeah, you know, and you really didn't, you know, we were surprised just how much, the, um, you know, the, the branding had, had taken off um, and just how, you know, we're nerds, to be honest with you. I mean, I love history. I love science. Yeah, Obviously, me too. I know I make beer. Um, but I, I was really kind of, you know, taken back on how much people really had found, you know, um, once they hear about the name and they do a little research and they, they get really into it, um, uh, how much people also enjoy the history component as well. Mm. And then to think that we're kind of making a little history, um, you know, I would think that there would have been more, you know, black breweries in the state by now, but... You know, if we can inspire other um, people to um, to follow this this path, uh, you know that's that's cool in its own right itself. Yes, sir. So, tell us about the challenges you you and your uh, partner face with opening and running a brewery. So, like, you have a business that sells alcohol, so that has its own unique challenges. But then you also have a brick and mortar. You know, is we're living in a um, business world now with brick and mortar startups are facing more and more turmoil. Like, tell us about some challenges you guys face building Vice District. Well, I mean, any business, you're going to definitely face your hurdles. Um, with us, uh, timing is everything. 
Um, and it just takes time to get things open, um, especially working in the city of Chicago. Um, and that's not to knock the city. Um, I'm pretty sure that's it. any other location that we will be at, um, you still have the same hurdles. But, you know, um, the process of actually securing a location, getting a lease, um, and then getting the funding um, to support your dreams, and then getting the project done on time, mm-hmm. it's really critical. Because um, you eat through a lot of cash while you're trying to get things built out. Um, you know, city city uh, workers don't really care about that. <laughs> um, you know, you have a timeline. And being able to open up and clear your hurdles, um, you know, just have a plan is really what's, what it boils down to. Um, it took us um, really about two and a half years to open up after we had... Um, you know, finish our business plan and pretty much almost secured funding um, for the project. And a lot of that was just waiting on, you know, permits to be approved, applying for, um, you know, your federal licenses and your state licenses, um, getting inspections to come in. Um, You have to wait for the feds to come in. You have to wait for the state to come in. You have to wait for the city to come in um, to look at the premise. And it's just, that's very, that's very um, taxing on you at times. Um, I tell people, you know, just be prepared for delays. And if you're prepared for delays, um, you're, you have an advantage. You know, if you're really tight on your budget, um, you know, really consider, you know, how much you really want to invest on a brick and mortar um, or how challenging that, that brick and mortar can, can be. You know, um, the harder part was, you know, definitely getting the doors open. But once you have the doors open, now how do you keep people coming inside your establishment? Um, you know, as popular as Vice has, has been, I always like to see when the place is packed because the reality is it's expensive to run a, run a business. You know, you got payroll, um, you know, you got insurances, you got workers' comp, you know, the, the state wants its share of money, uh, the city wants its share of money. And so, you know, everyone's coming in and, and, and wants to get paid um, for the revenue that you're generating. And in um, comment, uh, you know, people's gas, they all want to make, yeah. they all want that money from you. And so, um, you know, it, it, you have to keep things very, um, you know, fresh to keep people coming through your doors uh, um, or your business will go under. And it's just the reality is a lot of businesses, um, particularly within the restaurant and, um, and food industry, will go under very quickly. Um, and so, you know, that's one of the reasons, like I said, we didn't bother to bring on food because, you know, restaurants go under very, very fast. It, um, but then I think the, the, the survival rate for restaurants is less than 20%, um, which is, you know, that's pretty steep. Um, but being able to um, expect um, hurdles and, and face challenges is one of the most difficult parts about, you know, running a business. Um, knowing your strengths as a, as a, um, as a business owner, you know, sometimes you need to bring other people in to handle things that you're not strong at. Um, if you have a business partner, you know, um, making sure that you two are on the same page, that you're not spending your time, you know, um, in fighting and fighting each other, but working collectively to make the business successful is very key. Um, you know, and having uh, reevaluating your business plan, we refer to our, our, our business plan as a blueprint. Whenever we, kind of get um, thick in the water, we always revert back to our business plan and to make sure that we're kind of on course um, with what our vision um, our vision was when we first come up with this concept and to kind of make sure we're still ad- adhering to that vision. 
So, uh, you know, I tell people, don't be afraid to go back to your business plan and making sure you're not straying off course. Yeah. Um, particularly if you have investors, because they want, you know, eventually a return on their investment. And, and you know, just making sure you kind of stay in the path. Um, and then sometimes you may need to reevaluate your business plan and you may need to tweak it just because mm-hmm. the industry may change mm-hmm. or whatever you feel that you're in. Um, may dictate that you need to modify your plan. Um, so being aware of what's happening around you and, and, and within the, the industry to make sure you're fresh and you're not getting left behind. So it, what, what I gather from that is you're basically saying um, you have to have patience, you have to have uh, humility, put your ego aside, you know, understand that you know, you're not going to know everything, you're not going to be the smartest person in the room all the time. Um, and, you know, just... Don't be afraid to evolve that business plan because that business plan is always going to evolve. It's always going to change because times change. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So with that being said, what do you see Vice District in 10, 15 years from now? Well, right now we're running the tail end of finishing our production facility. Um, that's going to be in the village of Homewood, Illinois. Okay. Uh, in the south suburbs. That location will allow us to put Vice District um, beers in cans um, and go into retail. Um, so we're excited about this new phase of our of our business. Um, you know, right now you can only find our product um, in our tasting room on Michigan Avenue. And that's a smaller location. Um, we really, you know, went into this um, with small aspirations. We wanted a place that people can come and hang out and mimic what we had going on in our basement. But it has definitely evolved to the point where, you know, people really enjoy the beer. And we've had a lot of requests and demand to have our beer in, in other locations, other restaurants, um, bars across the city. But we didn't have enough space on Michigan Avenue to be able to supply those um, those those demands. Okay. So we went out and we identified another location um, where we can now make um, beer in larger um, quantities to allow us to keg it and to um, can it and to get it out into retail. Um, I would hope that in 10 years, you know, Vice District is a, is a, it's a common name in the city when it comes to beer in Chicago. Um, and then in particular, you know, um, the Black-owned establishment, you know, um, something that people from the South Side and people from Chicago as a whole could be proud of that, hey, this is, um, this is something that's, that's, local and was started up in, you know, in the city from two guys that's from the South side and they look like us. Yeah. So yeah. maybe that can inspire other people that, um, you know, that you can, you know, go into a different, um, a different path or something that people would never have thought of to go into whatever that, that dream may be. But, you know, don't be afraid to be the first in something or to blaze your own trail, um, in an entity. Um, I would like to think that, you know, vice district is very common. Um, 10 years from now and you know everyone oh yeah Vice oh I didn't know yeah that's from Chicago yeah those are those guys and Mm -hmm. so that would be my dream and how many black owned breweries are there in the entire country we know that you right now you guys are the only ones in the state as of now yes but how many in the country are black owned Uh, that are registered there are about um, about nine of us Um, and it's funny because there are currently over 5,000 breweries, <laughs> um, and that's, that's registered with TTB. Um, so it's, it's a lot of opportunity. Um, we got to play catch up, you know, um, but there's a lot of opportunity. Um, 
for this to happen. Um, there needs to be more. You know, these are these. Are, this is an industry that can create jobs. Um, you know, you don't need to be a rocket scientist to make beer. Um, if you're very successful, you can definitely create jobs within um, packaging, material handling. Um, you know, everything is really going to like right now. People are really being conscious about what we're putting into our bodies. Yeah. Um, so we're getting away from the big box stores and we're going more lo- local. Um, so, you know, every neighborhood can pretty much support, in my opinion, it can support a brewery if it's something that's, you know, created, you know, with the right business plan and you, you really want to be a neighborhood focused business. Um, and that's why there's so many breweries that's popping up across the U.S. is because, you know, people are just kind of like scaling down their, their plan to say, let me just be able to support, you know, um, a small radius and, and, um, provide beer to this small local region. Um, there, there should be more black breweries um, within within the U.S. It's just I agree. the numbers of breweries that's registered and the number of African-American breweries, it's, the number's just too disproportionate. Yeah. So if we could encourage other people to start just looking at, um, you know, the industry, whether it's making beer or making cider or uh, making spirits, um, that industry, is, it's, it's been around for a long period of time and we do consume alcohol. So, yes, you know, do. why not try to, uh, um, you know, find a way to get into that business or uh, get into that industry. Um, this is something that we know we're going to, we're going to sustain. It's going to be around. Perfect. So tell us about the contact information for Vice District. How can we find you guys or online and where are you located? So, um, you know, you can find us online. Our social platform is, um, you know, Vice, at Vice District. Um, we're on Twitter, we're on Facebook, um, we're Instagram. Um, you can find us, our tap room right now is um, 1454 South Michigan Avenue. Um, that's here in downtown um, of the city. Um, we'll also find us at the end of the year, by the end of this year or early 2018, at 180th, 180, 127 Dixie Highway. Um, that's on Dixie Highway and Ridge Road in Homewood, Illinois. Um, you can see us at www.vicedistrictbrewing.com is our website. Um, and our phone number is uh, 312-291-9022. There it is. And what's one last thing you would like to add for all of the aspiring entrepreneurs out there? Um, don't give up on your dreams. Um, you know, things don't always come overnight. And we're kind of like in this instantaneous world right now where, you know, you want some information and you just kind of just Google it up. Um, but it takes time, um, you know, and use that time proactively. Don't just use it in frustration. You know, every delay that we've had, we've been able to capitalize because we've been able to take that extra time to learn a little bit more, um, about the the industry, a, a little bit more about, you know, the craft, um, take your challenges, build upon them and, and capitalize. But, don't give up on your dreams. You know, if it's worthwhile and if it's something that you're very passionate about, um, it's going to be easier for you to stick with it. You know, never go into a business for the idea of making money um, because it takes some time to make money. And if you're going into it for that reason, you'll get frustrated very early and you'll more than likely won't be successful. But chase your dreams. Never give up. Um, just never give up. 
Just never give up. That's some mogul motivation from the co-founder of Vice District Brewing in Chicago, Illinois. Quinn Cole, thank you for sitting down with us this week for the Monday Conversation. Antoine, actually, man, I really appreciate you inviting me on, and I hope your guests uh, take something from this uh, and, and, and didn't get too bored for me <laughs> this week. Absolutely. They definitely would love this episode. So thank you again. And um, everybody out there, let's continue to imagine reality. Let's continue to aspire higher, and let's make it happen. Until next week, have a great day.